mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com You're noticing a pattern where you're continuing to strive and want to look like something that keeps on going in and out of mm. fashion. The problem isn't there. The problem is you. Yes. But the funny thing is, the problem with you has literally been coached into you. This is the thing with me. And I even feel myself getting emotional, which I never do. But I always get that you're beautiful, but mm. right. It's I've never been enough in five years time. The thing that you think was cute mm. is not going to be cute anymore. So true. A lot of these like body alterations are trends. Hello and welcome to the To My Sisters podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Courtney. And we are your online big sisters and hosts of the To My Sisters podcast. We are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's conversation, we will be talking about body confidence, body positivity and plastic surgery. In a world where the ideal body is constantly changing and access to quick fixes are easier than ever how do we learn to accept and love our body shapes and sizes so body confidence something which i know both of us have thought about a lot Mm. um, and had to deal with in our own personal experiences and personal journeys um as i have held her previously in many episodes renee is our fitness queen our resident (laughs) fitness guru um and i am a plus size babe um just here trying to try to look you make it you know feel right and all of that so let's talk about body confidence body positivity and plastic surgery um we want us to talk on these topics because obviously to all our sisters across the globe Mm. we are all seeing over time that the the standard of beauty has changed a lot right so you've got you know from magazines and there was that whole like everyone coming becoming clued up on like airbrushing and Mm. photoshop and the fact that you know what you see in the magazines you know all these blemishes have been removed wrinkles have been smoothed out spots have been you know completely just removed removed (laughs) um curves have been added and a lot have been decreased but i think over time also the ideal body has changed especially in different subcultures Mm. so you know you've got the typical skinny frame which Mm. was like you know does my butt look big if it does it's like i don't look cute yeah but now it's like (laughs) does my butt look big or not if it doesn't look big i ain't cute (laughs) so things have really flipped um on their head and we'll get more into that in terms of body trends but talk to us renee Mm. about your experience and your journey with your own body learning to be confident in your own body are you confident in your body talk to us about you sis um, am I confident in my body? I would say I'm about 80 to 90% there. That's high. And yeah, it's pretty high. And it used to be very, very low. And mm. this is not to say that I have what is considered the perfect body. Mm. I definitely have some things that are considered, I guess, unsightly by, mm. you know, what is mainstream and popular and mm. stuff. Um, and that 80 to 90 fluctuates to 70, 60, 50, depending on the day, how I'm right. feeling. Um, and all kinds of you know sorts of stuff but in terms of like my journey with my body so take you way cast your <laughs> cast your eyes way back when <laughs> to when renee was a little girl mm. um when i was younger probably around like a toddler and then into my early childhood 
I was a very, very petite girl, like mm. very, very small, very doll like. Mm. My mother used to say, Oh, Renee, you could be a model. I was wow. a cute baby, guys. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna front and shy away from it. I was so a cute also. Do the fake humility stuff. Beautiful. <laughs> you baby. were cute. You gorgeous. were so gorgeous. Um I hope my kids are good. In fact, they're going to be gorgeous because Oh, hundred percent. Um yeah, so <laughs> my genes. I was a very small doll like baby and then mm. as I grew up older into um kind of like the primary school time I grew bigger, so I was mm. like a, a ch- I was a very chubby kid. I loved food. I still love food, by the way, guys. That's one <laughs> thing that hasn't changed. Remain consistent. I was a chubby kid, um, and that was tough for me because most people in my primary school were small. They were mm. still petite. They were still tiny. Mm. And then I also grew taller, quicker. Like I reached my peak height a bit right. quicker than everyone else. So I never really felt like one of those really pretty petite kids for long and when i was in kind of like year five year six i can't remember what the conversion would be for other places guys apologies <laughs> but i think it's like pre-high school um i was actually bullied a lot for my weight so that's like age nine ten yeah around yeah. that around that age i was actually bullied a lot for my weight and i just remember all of the comments Ugh, i saw a tweet recently that was like there are some comments that will stay with you for a lifetime mm. and around that era was when I started getting those comments of like, you're too fat mm. or like, you're a cow. I can mm. laugh at it now because it's like, oh. <laughs> I was actually nine and oh, you, you man were out here calling me a cow. You should it's be ashamed so, of yourself. So rude. <laughs> but yeah, comments like that, um, even little things like, um, you know, going on like a, a bouncy castle and then, mm. <laughs> and then the thing deflating because you're too heavy mm. as a kid. Or like when they were doing things like weighing us in school and then you being overweight and seeing the scales like yeah. tip over. Um, and it wasn't even just comments from my peers. It was also comments from my family's peers yeah. or even some like family members that were not necessarily like poorly intentioned, mm. but the way that they were, the way that they were related to me was just so hurtful. Like yeah. you're too big or like you're too fat. It was always you're too much of this. Yeah. Then I got into secondary school and yeah, like it continued a little bit. I remember, oh, I will never forget. I, I mentioned this in one of my YouTube videos, I think, where I had a crush on a guy mm. and I like this boy. Like I really, mm. you know, like childhood, like, oh, I think he's cute. Childhood crushes. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this guy. And I remember telling one of my friends that I like really, really had a crush on this mm. guy. And she literally supposed to be my friend told me, yeah, he thinks you're ugly and fat. <gasps> you're joking. I'm being so for real. I cried that day. <laughs> oh my days. Yeah. <laughs> I no, 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 no. That person's a witch. <laughs> she said he thinks you're ugly and he fat. He thinks you're ugly nah. and fat. And I was just thinking like, first of all, how would you know? A hundred percent. What he thinks about me. And second of all, if you know that he thinks that about me and you were in the vicinity, what was your response? Like, did you check him? Like, and why hello? would you say that? You know what I'm saying? So, so harshly. Yeah, like, and then again, being around a lot of people that were very petite as well in mm. secondary school, there was a bit more variety. Um, and even amongst like my main friends now, there's a lot of variety amongst us um, mm. in terms of like our bodies. But yeah, a lot of people that I knew that were hip and cool and stuff were petite. Yeah. And I just wasn't that at all. Um, so continued to struggle with that for a while. Lost a bit of weight when I came to kind of like the sixth form time. Mm. And then when I went to university, even though I felt a little bit more confident, I still didn't feel 
100% myself mm. in that I didn't feel like I was pretty enough, at least like in my body. Like, you know, I had, I guess my breasts were nice. Like they were <laughs> a decent size, but they didn't really sit up proper perky mm. like I thought they were supposed to. And I had an okay bum, but again, it didn't really sit up. And oh, I had gut, so I was like, well, <laughs> what do I do with this? You know that fupa? <laughs> Listen, guys, please um, be letting us know if you've been struggling with the fupa because that's something <laughs> I've been struggling with way back when. I've and just accepted her. This is here to stay. She's, I said, All right, do you know sis. what I mean? Sometimes she increases, sometimes yeah, she decreases. but She's a part of me now. Little Miss F is still down there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've got to university and we're still dealing with a lot of like negative mm like a very negative outlook on my body and how mm. I felt about myself. And it was mm. funny because I felt so good about myself in other areas, like right. my intellect. I felt like sometimes I overcompensated in other areas because mm. I lacked confidence in the way that I, I looked physically. Wow. So yeah, I got to university. And again, as much as like I really loved a lot of my university friends and like that experience and stuff, predominantly the people around me were very, very small, mm. like very languid kind of skinny people yeah you know or petite yeah and i didn't fit that again so (laughs) this was during the time where i actually started to exercise very very unhealthily Mm. like i would be on the treadmill for like hours a day i was eating like i think my lowest point i was eating like 800 calories a day Mm -hmm. which by the way for um for those of you guys that are interested or if any of you are like struggling with with like an eating disorder or are thinking that you need to eat crazily less amounts in order to lose weight, you should never go below like around the 1400, 1500 mark. And that's also variable based on like, you know, weight and height and stuff. Because that's like kids calorie um, recommendation. Who's eating 800 calories? Like right now, that's like a meal for me. Yeah, 800 calories a whole day. So I was eating that. I lost a bunch of weight. But I still felt bad about myself. Mm. And the funny thing is, I was like, I was skinny, like collarbones popping, all of mm. that kind of stuff. I remember when you like lost a lot of weight. And it wasn't cute. Like my <laughs> but, no, but the thing is, though, I remember also like it was like I would have people ask me like your friend Renee has lost so much weight. Mm. She looks so nice. That's the thing. And I was just like, OK, yeah, but <laughs> we know behind the scenes That's like, the this thing. is not this is not healthy. It's so funny because people will be like literally that experience. People will be like, oh my gosh, Renee, you've lost so much weight. You mm. look good. Mm. So that was affirming to me that I was like, ah, the more I lose weight, the more people would notice me mm. and think, oh, I look great. Yeah. But inside I was, first of all, I was starving. I was yes. hungry yeah. as yeah. hell because I'm eating 800 but, um, calories I remember a day. when you came to visit me in Cambridge and you were over for like a weekend or something. Like, mm. We would just go and stay over with each other. Yeah. And I remember like the whole day, bear in mind in, in uni, we've told the stories. I was shameless about my diet. <laughs> I didn't even toss. But I remember when you were there with me and literally throughout the whole day, you would have like a shot of apple cider vinegar and water. Yep. And you're like, no, that will hold me over. I was thinking, this girl is starving. I know you're starving. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're I starving. About but, those wings. <laughs> but at the same time, though you did seem like I was worried like Mm. I was like she's not eating well and I don't know if this is if this is oh I've researched and this is healthy for me I don't know if this is healthy but it also was then how do I say it because you actually seem like you were more confident Mm. and though you seem tired oh I was (laughs) bags under my eyes and everything (laughs) though you seem tired it was like but she seems happier Mm. I won't even lie to Mm. you but yeah go on with your story yeah no exactly that I just I was so obsessed with like looking the parts Mm. that it just got to the point where I was excessively tired. Mm. I started not really like enjoying my exercise sessions because I had so much that I needed to do in order to continue looking like this. 
And at the time I was dealing with so many responsibilities. It was like my second year of university. Mm. So at the time I was like ACS president. Yeah. Um, I was vice president for this society. I was doing this for this yeah. society. And then being at a place like Oxford, it's mm. like, well, you're always going to be busy. Yes. So you have to make sure that you're on top of it. And then it got to like the end of that year. And I was just like, I've actually had enough of this. Mm. I have had enough of feeling tired. I've had enough of feeling bad about my body. And I remember... I had a breakthrough when I had a conversation with my brother because our patterns were actually very similar in that he was also a chubby kid and had gone mm. through that process of like, how do I make myself feel better and look better? Mm. But his looked a bit different in that he lost the weight but then gained a lot of muscle. So right. he was like looking hench, hench and all kinds of stuff. And I was just like, so how, like, how do you do this? Not right. get hench, yeah. but like, how do you feel better and stuff like that? And he was like, well, Renee, first of all, you need to eat. And I was just <laughs> like, what makes you think I haven't been eating? And he was like, uh, your collarbones. Mm. <laughs> and so you look skinty. <laughs> you look skinty. <laughs> and he was like, you need to eat and bump up your calories and then you need to hit the weights. And wow. I was just like, I don't want to hit the weights. Like, I don't want to be bulky. And he was like trying to explain to me the science behind mm. it, you know, like, women don't produce enough testosterone to look right. as bulky as men and blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't hearing it for a while. And then I tested it out because I was like, surely there has to be something, mm. you know, something more to this. So I tested it out, started hitting the weights. And then I realized the hunger that I had had when I was just doing up cardio was nothing compared to the hunger when I started doing weights. Wow. I was starving. <laughs> like I was dreaming about food. And I was like, let me raise my calories. So I raised it to like, 1700 mm. and i was still losing weight mm. so i was like okay i need to raise my calories again i raised it to back to 2000 mm. i was still losing weight right then i raised my calories again to like 2500 calories i was still losing weight wow and i started to actually really enjoy the process of working out yeah and i started to actually get the kind of body mm that I wanted but I didn't realize it because I was having so much fun in the gym yeah like the first thing I actually noticed was I feel good mm. mentally I felt like it was an actual release and then I started to notice huh you know I actually look like the way that my body is starting to look yeah not because people were complimenting me or anything like that but because I now had the functionality to do the things that I wanted to do anyways mm. like I could run for a bus finally mm. <laughs> and catch the bus guys I don't think you understand how much <laughs> how much excitement when I realized I could catch buses now yeah. and I could lift weights and I could feel strong and I could feel athletic yeah and I could eat yeah I remember my first like bulk season um, which it, for any of you guys that are interested in like building muscle, it was when you eat a caloric surplus mm. to try and actively gain muscle. Mm. And I got all the way up to like 3,800 calories a day. Wow, that's a lot of food. I was eating food. Like I <laughs> probably at that time, I was eating more than all of my guy friends. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever they asked me, it was like, Renee, what are you eating? I was like, you don't want to know because yeah. I'm eating a lot of food. Yeah. And the way that it translated to my body was actually pretty healthy because now I was do following a regime that was a lot healthier. Mm. So yeah, I started doing that. And it's funny, like one thing that I've realized about myself and my body, and this is not to say that like I have reached a place where like my body looks perfect mm -hmm. or anything like that. But it's for me, it's more so about the functionality of my body now, mm. how I feel when I move yeah. and understanding that taking care of my body is honoring it That's taking so care good. of it not to you know fulfill any societal pressures of yeah. like looking like a you know a size four or a size six or whatever and this is not to bash anyone that is that size 
but more so knowing that that's not me yeah. and that's not where I need to be in order yeah. to like myself or like my body. Yeah. And knowing that even when I do go without like fitness, like so for example, lockdown really challenged me because, mm. you know, gyms were closed. I had right. to get a bit more creative of like what I did with my fitness, what I did with my body and stuff like yeah. that. And gaining weight, losing weight, irrespective of these things as long as I feel like I'm honoring my body Mm. honoring its functionality and understanding that my worth doesn't come as a result of my capacity to fulfill any kind of societal Mm. standard that's placed upon it Mm. I'm good because I'm the one like deep in that I'm the one that has to live with with this body yeah people will be telling you oh you look pretty when you're skinnier the same way that people will be telling you you look prettier when you're larger look at Adele for example all sorts of nobodies and people came to talk to her (laughs) about her size and whatnot legit um but they don't live in her body. They don't yeah. live in her reality every day. They see a glimpse Spot of her on. wearing a particular dress or like a particular outfit and think she's happy because she's thinner. In the same way that someone might look at somebody else and think, oh, she's happier because she's gained weight. Like she's mm. got more curves and stuff like that. But you've only literally seen a glimpse of that person's reality. You don't understand what they've been through or what they go through in order to A, look like that. Mm. B, feel happy that they look like that. Yeah. So for me, my journey has been less so about the transformation of my body funnily enough mm-hmm. but more so about the transformation of my attitude towards my body yeah whatever my body looks like that's beautiful what a journey <laughs> <laughs> but listen what I, am a quite, journey. I'm, I love I'm, that i'm like conscious of the fact that courtney you definitely need to share like your track like I'm screaming <laughs> i'm just like de- this is so much pressure I'm for screaming. one <laughs> um no you definitely need to share like your experience as well because i feel like yeah I I feel like oftentimes we hear that one narrative of this person doing xyz and suddenly they feel happy with their Mm. their body or like oh they've gone on this journey and you know we've arrived Mm. I think it's important for us to like share our stories because whilst we may feel like confident and happy and stuff like that again it fluctuates and we're still on that journey of understanding that definitely love our bodies definitely I would I would love to hear more about your journey my journey has been an interesting one um so i have never been slim like Mm. i've never been skinny i literally came out of the womb just one hefty baby (laughs) (laughs) literally i hear stories from my mom and she's like you were you were tall you were long like Mm. your feet were long your hands like your hands were just your fingers were long like you were just you were tall we could tell you were going to be really tall and obviously Mm. you were heavier than like your average baby but obviously my mum also I have an older brother on my mum's side and he's also he was born the same way so she was like I just produced some big giant children so um as I was growing up it's so funny I was uh well relatively recently we found loads of like old pictures of us from our childhood and stuff Mm. and so I'll find pictures of like me and my school uniform from primary school and I'll show my mom and I'm like wow like this must have been me when I was in year two she's like no that's your first day of school so beloved (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like oh so you're telling me in this picture where I look like a grown woman I was four (laughs) 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 I look like I could be paying somebody so I've always I have always been taller than everyone Mm. I've always been bigger than everybody as well. Um, I developed super quickly. So mm. I, I think I got my first bra when I was in year five. Wow. Um, yeah. So I've always just been 
developed Mm. um and it was very difficult for me because on top of being like you mentioned experiences of being the biggest person in your classroom right you are and I was the only black girl in my class too Mm. so it was just another highlighted difference Mm. of I don't Mm. look like everybody else and I also don't feel comfortable in my body because I can I just know that I'm different in a bad way yeah right so as I was growing up I I would have even my own like mom like my mom my aunts my you know shout out to all of you guys but you guys really did me dirty (laughs) (laughs) you know they will point out you're big like you shouldn't be eating that normal things that other children would eat it's like you shouldn't Mm, be eating like that mm. you you can't afford to drink juice you know you can't all that sugary stuff stop it you know by (laughs) putting me on like food from weight watchers when i'm like eight do you get what i mean so it was just a highlighted I'm big there's a problem with this mm. and I have never been skinny so it's not like I made myself like this mm. either mm. so I actually don't know how to reverse it so obviously entering into secondary school we both went to an all-girls school there's yeah. that added pressure of you look at everybody and you're like that's the girl that gets all the guys yeah. that's the girl that gets all the attention that's the cool girl they all hang out with each other. They don't look like me. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I am too, I'm too big. And you also then get the, the elements of, is my height and my size just too overpowering? Like, am I too masculine? Mm. I have a deeper voice as well, which people always comment on. Yeah. I love it now. Like, yeah. I absolutely love the the tone of my voice. I mean, I'm an amazing singer, girl. I can mm-hmm. get that. <laughs> you can feel Let me that. Tell you, Miss Courtney can hold <laughs> several tunes on but several yeah, I, I absolutely love it now. But when I was younger, mm. I just felt like I'm too masculine. Like, this is this is too much. And I actually just just uh started to hate myself Mm. i started to hate the body that i was in i just felt like i have too much boobs i have too much bum i'm too tall um i'm too big i've got rolls i've got stretch marks everywhere because my skin also ain't very elastic so i've got like (laughs) all these stretch marks and it just started to make me genuinely hate my body i Mm. genuinely hated it um, and I didn't know what to do about it. So I think, Renee, if anyone has seen my bouts with like, I'm on this diet, I'm on that diet, mm-hmm. I'm doing this, I'm working out, I'm doing that. <laughs> Renee has seen it because literally. <laughs> Girl, you remember when you came and you were like, I'm going to be wearing a waist trainer. I was just like. Yep. I like, I had a corset. Every, I, <laughs> I bodied it. I look great. But, <laughs> but the point was I did everything and anything I could to try and get slimmer. Mm. And there was a point in six from where I started to lose weight. Yeah. And I looked slimmer. Um, I was still big though. I feel like that thing was never going to go away. Like my ambition now is just to be a a good size 18. Because I feel like if I get any slimmer than that, I'm going to look like a grasshopper. (laughs) I can't, (laughs) I can't do it. I feel like maybe I'm just meant to be big. But um, for me, it's, it was hard because you do get those things of, oh my gosh, like, one thing that I get told till this very day is Mm. Courtney, you're so pretty. I think you have like one of the prettiest face I've ever seen it's just your body like you you need to lose weight I get it from family members I get it I was candid moment about three weeks ago I was on the train Mm -hmm. going into central London and um there was a a random woman complete stranger sitting on the uh, um, other side of the gangway from me yeah on the tube and I had my earphones in as I do and she was like signaling for me to take my earphones out and I could see her talking to me mm-hmm. so I take out my earphones and she's like I just wanted to tell you um you are so pretty like you're Aww. so beautiful and 
um the way you're dressed is so nice and stuff and I was like oh thank you so much and she was like yeah yeah like you've got such a beautiful face you just need to lose a little bit of weight Excuse and you'll be me. I don't know this woman from anywhere and she's wow. like you just you just need to lose a little bit of weight and you'd be so like you're just gorgeous and I just remember like I don't know you from anywhere I, and you've actually just said place. these words that I've heard all my life that you're beautiful you just need to lose weight even and the your beautiful butt it's, it's and this is the thing with me and i even feel myself getting emotional which i never do but i always get that your beautiful butt mm. right it's i've never been enough mm. um and i think for me then working in the beauty space i have my own beauty company i have worked on the beauty side of youtube you always have that feeling of i don't look like all the other girls around me yeah. and whilst my difference can get me paid I don't feel like I am truly beautiful because I'm, I've, there's always been something missing, right? Yeah. I'm beautiful, but yeah. I need to lose weight. So I did all these things trying to lose all this weight. And then when I was, and we'll go into this um, in our sexual health episode, but I found out when I was 18 that I had PCOS mm. and that was a huge contributing factor as to why I was finding it so hard to lose weight and yeah. keep weight off. That was another issue. I could lose weight, but keeping weight off yeah. so hard, so, so hard because my hormones just weren't working the way they should have. And it just used to make me feel like, why is my body working against me? Mm. Like, why is my own body letting me down? Mm. I want to feel pretty. I want to feel pretty. I want to feel beautiful. Mm. I want to feel like I'm enough. I don't want to be the girl who's the fat friend. I don't want to be beautiful, but I just want to be beautiful, right? So then to be told, you just have a nice face. You mm. always used to think then how, how am I meant to have a positive relationship with my body when my face is all that people kind of see as beautiful, yeah. right? So that was kind of that session and um that season, sorry. And when I got to... I would say not until I was about 22, which was what, like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I just got to this point where I was just like, I've always been telling myself I will love myself when. Yeah. But that time is never coming. Like oh. it it could come, don't get me wrong. And mm-hmm. if I lost all this weight, it would, it would purely be for health reasons and fertility reasons. And that's a good reason to lose it because I know it's not healthy to be this weight, right? Mm-hmm. But I keep telling myself, I'll love myself when, like I'll fully, and I don't hate myself. Like mm. I don't, I will go around telling people I am paying. Like mm-hmm. you you don't need to As tell me should. twice. I am very, very beautiful. Like there is no, I don't need you to affirm it. I think, but within myself though, I needed to, I need to really get out of my mind and I needed to get out of my mind that I'll love myself or I'll be worthy of love mm. once I become slimmer. Yeah. Because what if that, well not even what if that that day's not going to happen tomorrow yeah and I can't spend a significant portion of my life and a significant portion of my youth constantly feeling like I hate my body Mm -hmm. because I look back to pictures of me now when I was 16 I'm like I would kill to have that body back Mm. but 16 year old Courtney hated that body Mm. that she was Mm -hmm. in so I'm I'm not gonna do it anymore like I'm I really can't I need to just embrace and love my body in the stages that it's in and the complex relationship between love and your body and wanting it to still look different mm-hmm. is one that's really hard to kind of consolidate mm-hmm. because you feel as though how can you love something if you actually want it to change? Yeah. But I think that there is beauty in growth mm-hmm. and in every season of my life, I'm learning, you've got to love yourself and applaud yourself when you do do that extra mile walk. You've got to love and applaud yourself though and you can't punish yourself when you do eat that burger. Mm-hmm. Like you can't hate 
either parts of you it's a natural part of your journey and I think it can lead you to becoming this super hyper conscious person of I shouldn't eat that I can't drink that Mm -hmm. I can't you know I have to walk here I can't like get in an uber I have to I'm being so lazy and it's just deeping you actually need to learn to give yourself grace and learning to be patient with yourself learning to also like you said honor your body and treat it right with the foods that you eat and the drinks that you consume um and also the exercise that you do Mm. is all a part of loving your body but one thing that isn't loving your body is constantly telling yourself you're not good enough yeah right so loving yourself is more so how do you treat yourself and every action that you do Mm. rather than condemning yourself because what would not be loving myself is me forcing myself to become a size 18 in two weeks that would be actual like self-harm like for me (laughs) to me to for me to go on this mad crazy diet so that I could be skinny by next year or to you know have to force myself into surgery because of insecurity Mm -hmm. that's not loving yourself that's fear and I don't want to live in fear I don't want to live in the fear of someone might not love me I don't want to live in the fear of what if I wake up and I'm constantly unhappy with myself? That's my choice. My choice right now is to love myself how I am. It doesn't mean I should stay how I am. It's loving myself through this journey of life mm. and every day and the actions that come with it. Then there's the other battle, which we're not going to get into. Of, will somebody find me attractive? That's oh, another that's issue a whole, in that's itself. That's another episode. That's <laughs> another in- issue in itself. But that has been my journey on, on self acceptance Mm. when it comes to my body and being confident because now and it's a very recent thing like last month i would say Mm. where i've just decided forget it i'm just gonna love the body that i'm in i'm gonna buy clothes and it it reflects itself in so many ways right Mm. i'm gonna wear clothes i actually want to wear you know the plus size clothing scene yuck sometimes you buy clothes and it's like who told you in 2020 i want to wear a tunic oh a tunic at 23 years old (laughs) and the hot girls are out here wearing motorsport and all of yeah. that i want to be sexy too Come please on, i want to be sexy for the lord though, are you please. one of henry the eighth's wives <laughs> <laughs> tunic <laughs> legit like why why do i have to do that and it's kind of this thing of mm. your plus size why should you not even just cover up but why shouldn't i feel nice i'm a young girl right i want to wear things that are Mm form-fitting yes i want to wear things that are flattering and i do think i wear really nice clothes that are flattering for my shape but Mm. also i want to feel young i want to feel like i'm not covering my body but i'm rather accentuating it and also complementing it in the things that i wear so Mm. i've recently decided like invest in some nice clothes for yourself and yes maybe you can see a role or maybe you can see but do i feel like i look nice in it do i feel like girl you're giving it all of that in this outfit am i am i even buying clothes that are my right size Mm. like recently i realized i have been suffering from a lot of body dysmorphia in the sense that i wear clothes that are like four sizes too big or Mm. three sizes Mm. too big and i bought all this stuff from black friday i'm literally looking at all the parcels (laughs) in the corner and i wore them and i was like all these clothes are too big Mm. like and this is not just a coincidence and no i haven't lost drastic amounts of weight these clothes are genuinely too big. Why do I think I'm this big mm, when I'm buying boy. clothes? And it just made me deep. You need to really accept your body because this is the body that you have right now. Yeah. 
and it will change and it will take on different forms and motherhood will change it and being in a relationship will change it and and exercise will change it but at the end of the day in its essence it's still you Mm -hmm. so you Mm -hmm. have to love it you have no choice but oh that was a whole that was a whole journey that was (laughs) was a whole journey in itself so we've kind of touched on it but what do you where do you feel like these pressures came from to have the perfect body and what what even is because you even said it when you were talking like okay i might not have the perfect body as Mm -hmm. people say but Mm -hmm. what is the perfect body and where Mm -hmm. does that concept even come from yeah so the perfect body for me is a goalpost that keeps shifting Mm. because what is considered perfect now was not considered perfect 10 years ago Mm. or 10 years before that or 10 years before that it's a goalpost that is constantly shifting it's informed by oh guys don't even get me into my what do you call it my my social analytical and bad because i'm about to go to the town on patriarchy i'm about to go to town on racism Mm -hmm. about to go to town on all sorts of contributing Mm -hmm. factors um and the fact that even the whole idea of the perfect body differs depending on your social context yes. and the the dimensions that you exist in. Yes. So, for example, speaking as a black woman, mm-hmm. in many black cultures, the perfect body is the shapely, yes. curvy, big tits, yeah. big bum, yeah. small waist, figure yeah. eight. But then in mainstream Western society for a long time, mm-hmm. it's petite, small. Yeah. Your bum can't be too big. No. I remember for a really long time when they were out here saying that J Lo had a big bum. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, when they gave um, what is the Duchess of Cambridge sister's name? Oh, when they gave Pippa. her like, Pippa. When oh. they gave her the best bum of best rear of the year, I, I think that's what they called it. It was just like, oh wow. Okay, I was like, you guys, have we are not. living in different worlds. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're existing in different worlds because, anyways. Both um, examples have beautiful bodies in yes, their own do. right. But yeah, the perfect body, it feels like a goalpost that keeps on shifting because once you achieve perfection in one, mm. you become imperfect in another. Yes. So for example, for me in my journey, when I became, you know, very, very skinny, mm. my tits weren't here. Mm. My bum was smaller. Mm. And whilst I was skinny and like by Western standards, I was healthy within black community it's like oh girl you're a bit you need to put on some pounds <laughs> you need to eat that's the thing that's it's so funny my aunties literally went from renee stop eating that why are you eating that much mm. to, renee, do you, are you okay are you mm. well it's, oh it's so true i've seen the contrast i have a crazy uh, older cousin who was super into fitness as in she's entered like um fitness and bodybuilding competitions she's mm. been parts of campaigns with like adidas mm. she is very very fit she has a six pack all of that yeah and literally when she decided she's always been slim though when she decided to make that transition into building up and toning up yeah everyone's comments was like do you want to be a man oh. like what what is going so on much. why do you have this much muscle yeah yeah so i get you there's even that element as well if you are interested in like bodybuilding mm. it's now because it's considered something that's masculine when really fun pro tip if you are interested in looking like a yummy mummy very Mm. very you know well into your 40s 50s and 60s the secret is actually building muscle wow because muscle actually burns more energy than fat yeah so the more muscle you have on your frame the more calories you use at rest which means that you're not likely to you know keep on fat Mm. um but for women we're told that you're too masculine if you want to do this. 100%. You're too big if you want to, um, you know, if you're eating a lot and mm. you, you're of larger frame, you're too big. Mm. You're too skinny if, you know, your gene size is like lower than an eight and stuff yes. like that. And it's just, 
this whole idea of the perfect body i feel is actively a social trap particularly for women yeah because we are always coached into wanting to be perfect for not just ourselves but for men as well the Mm. male gaze is a huge element Mm. into the perfect body when we think about the perfect body in like whatever community it's often how sexually desirable are you yeah to a man yep and like i I don't want to reduce it to that but that is a huge element yeah like when we think about you know big tits big bum Mm -hmm. small waist why though yeah because these are sexual elements Mm -hmm. of women yeah yeah and it's it's the fact that patriarchy goes hand in hand with capitalism Mm. and the reason why that goalpost keeps moving even within the same community Mm. where it's like we look we want you to be skinny one day but then we want you to have curves or we want you to have curves but do not dare have a stomach um because yeah because you need to decide where your fat is going you've got a gut (laughs) goodness me 100 but you better have a back do you get what i mean um but what if your genes aren't leaning towards that way but the reason why those goalposts constantly move is it's actually not profitable Mm. for there to be something that's achievable yes that's true you have to be it needs to be something you can purchase and that's why goalposts constantly move where it's like remember even phases in makeup because yeah like i said i work in the beauty industry you've got the whole because i know trends naturally happen Mm. but they're also forced right trends are actually forced and manufactured there's these moments of like no buy all the you know the heavy duty foundations and the heavy duty powders and get that beat matte look that highlight Mm. and contour get that kim Mm. k look but now we've transitioned into no less is more skin we Mm. want skin finish so now buy these brow enhancers and and these natural you know glow jellies and these things she said glow jellies jellies. (laughs) (laughs) things that make you look like you have a natural radiance Mm. throw all the stuff you were using before in the bin and just buy these new your skin but better yeah things and those trends will constantly revolve because once you've bought everything you need and you've achieved perfectionism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you are no longer a cash cow yeah and you need to keep spending so there will be manufacturers trends which require you to keep buying mm-hmm. buying mm-hmm. into perfection trying mm-hmm. to buy your perfection and your your um social approval when mm-hmm. it comes to looking beautiful even standards of beauty and um, i remember when I was studying in university and this was one of the things I had to focus on. Mm. Oftentimes they are carved out by the men that sit at the top of these industries so that you can buy into surgery so that you can buy into industry leading products. So you can buy into um, just consume consumerism Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that you can look more and more like this picture, which will constantly change so that you Mm. never achieve it. Mm -hmm. So it really is patriarchy going hand in hand because the way they sell it to you is you need this to be desirable because to be desired is a human trait. Yeah, It is actually a it human really trait. So it's not, I know sometimes we say don't live for other people, but it is a natural inclination yeah. you have for social acceptance. Mm. So when somebody is then offering you something that allows you to buy that, you buy it. Mm-hmm, you know, whether mm-hmm. that is buying a new weave or a mm. new um, wig or a new hairstyle or getting your bum done yeah you know or or whether it's buying hair extensions or getting your lips filled mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it will always be something else yeah, and something sure. extra you need to buy into um but even in that vein of talking would you ever get surgery and what are your thoughts on surgery because there has been a rise mm. in well a perceived rise in the amount of people who are publicly saying 
I got surgery or even yeah. if they're not publicly saying it you can see it last week you didn't have you know yeah. breast this week you do <laughs> yeah, you what perky when it comes down to surgery what are your thoughts can you ask me that in 10 years time if my tits are sagging because <laughs> 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 I might have a different answer for you that it's sorry. true I, but it, it actually is absolutely true I might have a different answer right now where I'm at would I have surgery no not because not because of any high and mighty reason that, you know, like I feel like surgery, no one should ever get surgery and blah, 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 blah. But I just, A, I feel like it's costly. Mm. B, I hate that <laughs> it is, it's expensive. I get you, it's very it's expensive. It's really expensive. And yeah. like growing up the way that I did. Yeah. The hell am I going, I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> I will be damned if I'm spending X amount on this before. Yeah. And it's the upkeep too. Exactly. The upkeep as yeah. well. Um, and I also have a fear, as we were discussing earlier, actually, this whole foreign invasion, like putting mm. things in my body. I don't like that. Yeah. Like I'm very much a, I try to um, be as natural as possible mm. in like the things that are going in my body. Mm. I say this and I'm probably going to like have five guys later on. <laughs> but <laughs> there are five guys is naturally, you know. It's you know what I'm saying? It's made from like um, plants and stuff, you know, the little pickles and stuff they put in it. Anyways. Um, yeah, for me, it's just not a road that I want to go down right now because mm. at my age and stage, mm. I feel like the areas on my body that I want to feel a bit, I guess, more confident in, I can change. Yeah. And for me, the I don't have a particular image of what I, of like, I wanted to mention this earlier, but oftentimes we are looking for a perfect body that is not our own. Yes. Like the perfect body exists outside of us. Yes. And for me, I want to get to a place where I'm the most enhanced version of myself mm. as opposed to an enhanced version of something else yeah. that's actually just not so me. So perfect for you. Perfect for me, exactly. And I feel like that's within my capabilities to do and be. Mm. And I don't want to mess with that frame of thinking and my mindset by getting surgery. Mm. And for me, I'm also a... Um, I'm the first kind of person that if I had like a gateway drug, I'd mm. probably be doing like cocaine in like two weeks. Like I'm very, <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm very extreme. For you. I'm very extreme. So it's mm. like it for me, it might open the doorway of like, oh, okay, cool. I've got my like breast done. Mm. Get my bum done too. Yeah. Like, you know, get my, you know, what done too. Yeah. And the maintenance as well, as we were saying earlier, it's not even just like the like financial maintenance mm. but also other forms of maintenance mm. don't think that just because you've had surgery you're not supposed to exercise anymore mm. or that like you don't you've been absolved of the need to you know keep maintain your body in yeah. such a way or that you can just you know continue eating crap crappy yeah. foods and you because you got you know surgery you're absolved of having to do that mm. so if the reason for me getting surgery is because I'm being lazy about enhancing the parts of my body that I could actually achieve, mm. then probably not. Right. Um, and then there's also the psychological maintenance as well, mm. because a lot of people that do get plastic surgery oftentimes have something that they're struggling with that might not have been addressed. Yeah. Um, and this is not to, you know, just assume that everyone that gets plastic surgery feels a type of way about themselves. Mm. But I have noticed a trend where a lot of people are dealing with some kind of mental health issue confidence issue mm. body issue um and then go and get you know plastic surgery yeah. um i think there's obviously a couple of like caveats to that slash other examples of like why when you know getting plastic surgery might be something that i would think about mm. if it's actively a life-threatening issue mm. or if it's something that's 
genuinely affecting my confidence mm. and affecting the way that I see myself when I look in the mirror, mm. then yeah, I would consider it. I would never say no to it, yeah. but where I am right now, probably not. Mm, I hear that. I really hear that. I think I'm in a similar place of, I can't say like, no, definitely mm. never. Mm. Right. Cause I might come back to eat my words, but <laughs> in the sense that, uh, cause I know there are some surgeries that I would do. Like if I was to, or when I am to lose loads of weight, mm. if I was to have bare excess skin, I'm getting skin removed. Yeah. Um, and I may get, a, and also not even I may get, I really want, and this is may, what may lead me to lose a lot of weight quick. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm not in a health an unhealthy way quick. I mean, like in a, soon i need to start working on yeah. the scene um i want a breast reduction mm. i, I mm, that's, that's another fair. talk for another day but i need a breast reduction <laughs> for the sake of my back okay <laughs> <laughs> um and i think that is one of the biggest things i've always thought about when it comes to cosmetic surgery i need a breast reduction mm. um but also i think learning that because like i mentioned there has been this rise especially in younger women mm getting and the everyday woman getting plastic surgery Mm. and i think it's important to one dismember plastic surgery and this idea that it's a status symbol Mm. because i think more and more people are realizing that having money and using that money to then go and get your body done doesn't necessarily signify the hey i've got money and i've got money to spend and blow yeah i don't think that's necessarily the same thing it's communicating anymore Mm -hmm. number two some of these surgeries, for example, the Brazilian butt lift, the BBL, that's become more commonplace these days, are very dangerous. Yeah. And they are very life-threatening. And you really need to give serious thought as to the risk-reward um, balance when it comes down to if I'm putting my life on the line for, you know, to get an enhanced body, especially in my, you know, bum, mm. is the confidence that it's going to give me enough reward for that risk Mm, i don't know if mm. i don't know you know especially for the everyday woman like i get it you know there are these influencers that i got a bbl and now you've got so many followers and now your checks have increased and now you're making so much money okay so maybe your bbl was an investment for you Mm -hmm. but at the same time your influence or not even your influence but the people who may see that and think well you had a body just like mine and now i need to go and get plastic Mm -hmm. surgery to Mm -hmm. feel better for myself is it actually worth it? Because one thing I would definitely say, and I will never stray away from is your self-esteem and your self-confidence and your self-worth is not in any part of your body. Yeah. Just because you have big breasts or small breasts, it doesn't mean you're worth more than anybody mm-hmm. else. Just because you have a big bum, a small bum, a flat bum, mm-hmm. a, a perky bum, because obviously the shape also matters too. Yep. You know, for me, like I have big bruises, but my boobs sag. That's natural. Mm. And I think we need to really frame our minds to realize, like you said, when we conceptualize ourselves in our mind, when Mm -hmm. we imagine ourselves and the ideal and perfect version of ourselves, oftentimes it's shaped by these unattainable, impossible standards of beauty. How can you have really big breasts that gravity has not hit? Do you get what I mean? Your boobs are going to sag. If you have (laughs) big boobs, your boobs are going to sag. Gravity Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. exists, Mm -hmm. right? And... Even if you don't, if you have small breasts and they sag, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes the media can shape it like, what's wrong with you? How can you never have had kids and you've got saggy breasts? Well, I do. And what now? (laughs) And what what now? now? Exactly that. And I think we also need to remember that surgery is a life altering procedure forever this is something that you have to live with so make sure that when you are considering something like this is this something that you can commit to Mm. because 
in five years time the thing that you think was cute mm. is not going to be cute anymore so true. a lot of these like body alterations are trends mm. big bums are in but big bums are going to be out in the next 10 15 years Facts. and then what then what then you'll get big breasts will you continue to if you're noticing a pattern where you're continuing to strive and want to look like something that keeps on going in and out of mm. fashion the problem isn't there the problem is you yes. but the funny thing is the problem with you has literally been coached into you mm. and i think there's also something to be said about um what you were saying so beautifully about the intersection and interlinking of capitalism and patriarchy mm. in that not only is it causing us to feel insecure about our bodies but it's also actively shaping what is desirable on the part of men like mm. it's not just men and you know society at large thinking that oh i think that this is attractive yeah but they're actively being coached into believing that too yeah let's think about you know what is popular in things like pornography what mm -hmm. is popular in things like you know on instagram and stuff like that i can't tell you how many of like my male friends for example will go on Instagram and are constantly bombarded with images of what is supposed to be the perfect body. Yeah. So there's an active coaching of not just the insecurity, but also the desirability on the part of our consumers, so which true. is crazy. It's crazy. crazy. It's insane. The world that we're living in right now, I think the biggest advice that we could give mm. is you've got to learn to love yourself in whatever stage you're in yep. and accept that also you have the agency and the full power to change it if mm -hmm. you don't like it mm -hmm. um, in whatever capacity that that is. But it's never going to fix you. Mm. Like you're, you're never going to be fixed. Being happy, being um, confident, it really comes from within you. It's something that you decide. Mm. And if it's something that you can change within your own hands, all power to you, sis. Yeah. But at the same time, you were made unique. You were made beautiful. And your body, girl, If it don't even matter if another person likes it, you decide to like it, mm. right? You, to, you decide that that's what perfection is going to be. Your perfection is going to be your body the way it is. Um, because girl you fine mm -hmm. let me let you know now <laughs> hello you can somebody fine. can we queue out fade out with bruno mars um just amazing <laughs> can just that be the our outro <laughs> but yeah no you are definitely a fine babe and we want to know what your thoughts are though what are your thoughts on body confidence body positivity and plastic surgery what are you thinking join in the conversation over on instagram by adding us at to my sisterhood and you can also come and say hi to us personally on our pages at cd boating and at renee kapuku and of course you can tweet us with the hashtag to my sisters and don't forget to join the sisterhood by signing up for our weekly newsletter so we can grow and glow together we'll talk to you very soon and remember keep glowing and growing 